Well, oh boy. <laughs> we both we both just yawned because it's been <laughs> now I'm trying so hard not to yawn. It's so ridiculous mm. how I'm trying to resist mm. this. Mm. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we just do like a, a sleepy like a sleepy time show. episode. Yeah. Let's, like let, let, let's do like an, a nice AM, ASMR um, and, NPR sort of. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, this ASMR <laughs> edition of the No Idea program. It's We're uh, very excited for you to be here. Today as we record this is Sunday, May 29th. Uh, happy International Day of UN Peacekeepers to all who celebrate. Thank you for your service. We respect yeah. you. Thank you for your service uh, in, the, in the blue helmets, um, <laughs> just sort of standing around allowing genocides to happen. Very important Blue helmets. Work. Yeah. Blue helmets. It's important that you were there, not that you did anything. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, hap- things happening, um, oh, sorry, yeah, that was a bad transition, but it's very dusty out here, and I just wanted everyone to know that if this episode is... Um, if you hear me coughing, 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 <laughs> if you hear me coughing or wheezing, <laughs> it's because it's dusty. Okay, I don't know. Moving dusty. on, it's very dusty. Two, two There's like a dust blowing. Du- this is you. You. This is from the National Weather Service, Las Vegas. It says two plumes of blowing dust are obscuring visibilities on area red. I just want to know how do they know it's two? Like how is how is it that well defined? <laughs> I don't consider you, dust storms to be that well defined, but you know, maybe if, I, if you look I don't at know. the radar, you can kind of see that it's like two plumes. One, two, two of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two of them. Um, mm. It's, uh, I, if you don't follow the National Dusty Weather ass, Service Twitter storm. accounts, follow you them. You should for your local area. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're very informative. Yeah. I have a hard time because mine. I ha- I'm split between the NWS Las Vegas and the, I don't know what the other one is, like S- San Bernardino or something. I don't know. But, um, mm. so I have to follow both. So yeah. I get double. Um, something else happened this week. I don't know if you saw, um, just for no reason out of nowhere, someone yelled at Ted Cruz in a restaurant. Um, <laughs> I've no posted, reason. I've posted the video here you can watch it at your own discretion in your own time but the the only reason i wanted to share this is because i just wanted to officially announce our platform of yelling at public officials in public like yeah any elected official should not be able to go to a restaurant and eat a meal in peace for good or bad reasons ted do you know what i mean yeah ted cruz should not be able to eat out in public you know, in peace, no. uh, ever again, really. No. Yeah. If you, if you see a politician in public, your job is to yell at them or, you know, if they do doing a good job, I don't, I can't imagine who would qualify for that, but you could just yell at them and scream at them. And I think that's what everyone should do. We all need to get on board with this challenge. Mm-hmm. So this is our, this is our summer yell at politicians summer. Okay. Like like Indeed. hot girl summer or white boy summer or whatever. Yep. This is yell at politician summer. And now we get to why. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. There was a uh yet another mass shooting 
this week. Um, this one took the lives of uh, eight or what is it? 19, 19, uh, yeah, 19 students and two teachers. The students were all were, you know, between nine and 11 years old. Um, it's, there's not a lot to say about this that hasn't already been said about every other mass shooting. Uh, you know, obviously it's tragic and, uh, completely avoidable. Um, you know, um, and now we're just dealing with, um, you know, the, the, the fallout of it and all of the, um, you know, we're, we're finding out, um, the details of it. Just what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, in particular, it seems like law enforcement completely failed to do the thing that they are, uh, you know, in theory sworn to do serve and protect. Um, (laughs) they surely protected themselves. They basically stood around. Um, in fact, even, uh, um, the a lieutenant with the Texas Department of Public Safety said that um, police were reluctant to immediately engage with the gunman uh, who spent 78 minutes inside the school because, quote, they could have been shot, unquote, to which I would simply say, yes, that is yes. the point, And that is your job. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't want to deal with that, find a different job. It's really not that difficult. L- listen, um, find This is what I want to know. Where are the cops? quitting because of this and two where are the cops saying well this is why we need gun reform i imagine you will not find those two cops right and 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 my my question too Hmm. is like is anyone actually going to be held accountable for this like i don't know if the chief gonna resign i don't know if you got it got the memo andrew but we gave up on accountability um in about about 2008 is when that we finally decided no we're not mm-hmm. doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're past but, uh, that. Uh, Ryan Cooper has a good article in the American Prospect, which I've linked, which is why Uvalde cops were too cowardly to charge a mass shooter. And it goes through the sort of the ideology that is beaten into cops, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically that their lives are constantly under threat. They're, they're taught to fear their own lives, which is why you see them acting, you know, um, extremely aggressive and fearful around like completely normal people and then when you say oh well there's a guy with a gun then they just like completely you know it's funny because law enforcement is like a a huge version of identity politics Mm -hmm. where it they by 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 sort of focusing on their identity as law enforcement officers they create this whole market this whole economy of you know um con men and weirdos who come in and like sell their their courses and their workshops and their trinkets and their yeah their stickers and, and whatnot their consultant yeah. it, it, it creates a whole economy you get sort of like around this identity but for cops <laughs> but like most but like most of these sort of identity things like identity politics stuff it like it starts to you you start to become like irrational and obsessive yeah. and and you 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 become unhinged from the rest of the world because you think you're some sort of special group and it's i mean 
obviously there's there's things that go into law enforcement that make you different than other people but and i'm not saying like identity politics in itself is bad i'm just saying this is sort of the thing that happens where you get these people and they focus on their identity and everything about their life is that they're a cop um right and then you know then it becomes so deranged it's just i don't it's just weird it's very weird and you know we spend an incredible amount of money in the case of Uvalde, Texas, they spend 40% of their municipal budget on the police. Yeah. And, uh, they get, uh, basically nothing from that. Um, (laughs) you know, so, well, they get jobs for, for people, uh, you know, Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) That's, it's a jobs opportunity basically. Mm Um, yeah. And you know, so there's just, I don't know, you know, obviously, you know, nothing has changed, especially since Sandy Hook, um, and nothing is likely to change because for most of our politicians, um, Republican and Democrat, this is simply the cost of, you know, freedom or whatever in America is that your your kid might get shot at school. Yeah, and and what reason, what incentive do they have to do it any differently? Like, yeah, they, we have none I mean, of us have given them a reason. Obviously, the incentive <laughs> structure of Republicans is all screwed up. Uh, you know, uh, in this regard, because of their ties to, yeah. uh, like the NRA and similar organizations. But you know, even on the the Democratic side, that they just don't want to. You know, they're like, well, you know, we don't have enough votes or whatever, so we simply won't try. The Democrats, you know? the Democrats are like a vampire hunter who's extremely afraid of killing all the vampires. Yeah. Because then what will he be? Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just like they, they, they ultimately cannot attack and defeat any Republican position. Because then they have the boogeyman disappears, and now why do we need you anymore? You know, it's like a self-preservation instinct, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. it's uh, extremely bad. Not good. Not a fan. Cops um, stood outside while parents also stood outside shouting at just the cops a big to do something. All around. <laughs> yeah. Cops stood outside the school while the killer rampaged inside for nearly 90 minutes. Onlookers yelled at them to go in. They didn't. The parents considered rushing in uh, because the police weren't doing anything. Um, it's just awful. Pretty wild. Awful. Pretty wild. Um, director of the Texas Department of Public Safety says none of the teachers or none of the officers attempted to break into the classroom where there were children and teachers massacred because they believed the suspect was barricaded in and quote there was time to get keys to the door he adds that they believed there were no kid no kids were at risk at that time completely unclear why they believed that uh and at the same time they also believed that uh everyone in that room had been shot so you know they thought that they thought the shooter was barricaded in a particular room and he had already shot everyone in that room. So they're like, oh, what's the hurry? Um, and what, what we don't know is why on earth did they believe that? Especially as they apparently continued to receive 911 calls during this whole time from 
the students, these nine and 10 year olds. So uh, I don't know. I mean, were I in charge, you know, I would just <laughs> obliterate every uh, law enforcement agency that had anything to do with this. But of course, I'm not. So, you know, at best, yeah, someone's going to retire with full benefits, you know. Sometimes early. all you can do is post uh, the volcano emoji. That's just that's all that can be said. Yeah. I hope people understand that message. If you don't understand that message, uh, we can we can talk about it. <laughs> Well, it's it's not everything that can be said, actually, because there were, of course, a number. Oh of no, of course, extremely bad takes. Um, of course, have, Mr. Dilbert got in on it. Yeah, we have Scott Adams who says, "If we made it legal for kids to kill their bullies, a lot of problems would go away. We well, create new problems, sure, but how could those new problems be worse?" And then he clarifies, "This is a thought experiment, not a recommendation." <laughs> oh, um, thank you. I think I don't know what what like he's been consuming but it's some strong stuff and i think it is really uh destroying his brain at this point so i think you know what's something i've been realizing is that for a lot of people the way that their brains were formed in high school was like the most formative moment of their life and so they map everything onto that experience Mm -hmm. like to them everything is high school drama politics and social stuff it's 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 that's what it all is yeah and you see people trying to be the teacher's pet you see people you know being mad at the popular kids you see the kid you know it's just like and i think scott adams is one of these people whose brain never fully developed it just sort of like stopped at high school so everything is a. Uh, you know what I mean? Like even Dilbert the comic is like you could just change all the characters for like people in a school right. and it would be the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely what's going on here. Uh, then you have got? Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is one of the worst people currently living, mm-hmm. um, talking about the need for hardening our schools. He said there should be one entrance in and one entrance out in all of our elementary and all of our middle schools. They're small enough to do that. There should only be one way in, and that should be a well-protected entrance. Um, so it's not gun control; it's uh, egress control. Only, yeah. only one door. I I I want to check in on the folks at like the National Fire Protection Association who write the fire codes <laughs> and see how they're doing right about now, because this is like a bonkers idea. Obviously, that like As oh, someone- we only have one door. I always struggle what to say on this program because I work in schools and I do not want to bring any sort of litigious, uh, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I don't want to be the target right. of anything. So I got to be careful what I say, but I will just say that anybody who thinks you can run a school with one single entrance in and out is out of their full damn mind because yeah. a complete you feed, and utter do you know moron. that you feed children? Do you know that? You have the, the well, amount of service workers that are coming in and out of repair vans of. I think if you like, ask Dan Patrick would say that we actually shouldn't feed children in school. Well, yeah. Um, okay, sure. So they yeah. should basically just be prisons. That right. You are put into for eight hours a day or something. I mean, I feel like a lot of Republicans are sort of trying to smuggle in their agenda of just dismantling oh, the public school, school system absolutely. in general, either yeah. with private schooling or homeschooling. Uh, although like private schools, you know, 
are not immune to any of these well charter schools is is another their version their low-cost version of it right you have the private for the bourgeoisie you have charter schools for everybody else but you know i see a lot of charter schools around here that are like um uh located in strip malls which means that they just have like an entire front wall of window um Mm -hmm. so you know nothing bad could ever happen there don't don't look up what happened to mojave river academy our charter school in um Mm. in west victorville um yeah when there was a shooting outside that (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that uh, broke through all the glass windows and uh, Um, thankfully everyone's okay then uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, dismissed calls for more gun regulation following the mass shooting in Uvalde. I hate to say this, but there are more people shot every weekend in Chicago than there are in schools in Texas. And uh, Matt Pierce um, <laughs> of the LA Times has helpfully noted a 2017 report tracing the source of the crime guns used in Chicago sh- shootings said more came from sales in Texas than from sales in the city <laughs> of Chicago because Chicago didn't have a single licensed gun dealer. So it's fine. They're just exporting all of their violence to other states. That's cool. I love that everyone is like, uh, all these politicians are like, well, but consider, have you considered that in fact, uh, Chicago has a lot of shootings, uh, ipso facto, um, therefore, you know, blah, 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 as if that's relevant to anything, which of course it isn't. So. <laughs> Um, then we have another one here. Single point of entry, armed security, protect our schools like we protect our airports and federal buildings. Um, this is this is from a law student at Florida State. Um, yeah, we love the way those work. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, no, that sounds horrible. Um, and also, how'd that go on January 6th, buddy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to protect schools like we protect our... Uh... Our federal buildings, huh? Like the Capitol? Uh, How did that go? Mm -hmm. Um, Next, we get into sort of big brain. um, Okay, I'm putting on my my big brain hat. This is is like the statistician uh, pilled. I'm going to bring up because Matt Iglesias is is in the same vein as this. But this is from Timothy B. Lee. Um, Says here, every child's death is a tragedy, and I'm in favor of stricter gun regulations. But, mm-hmm. but for the sake of everyone's mental health, we should remember there are more than 50 million K-12 through schoolchildren in the U.S. Dying in a mass school shooting is literally less than a one in a million danger. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for that perspective. I'm sure that, I'm sure that helps uh, all the victims, you know. I don't understand what the point is of saying, like, well, this is actually a rare occurrence. Bruh. It's like, okay, it's- sure. But it's also way more common here than in every other nation. <laughs> uh, it's just like these aren't good faith talking points. These aren't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just patently absurd. Matthew or Iglesias. It, yeah. For, for all its very real problems. Oh, wait, let me do my Maddie Y voice right for all of its really real problems, one shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the contemporary United States of America is one of the best places to live in all of human history. And there's a reason tons of people of all kinds from all over the world clamor to move here. Yeah, good, I don't I haven't know. listened to him in forever, so well, Dude, just apologies. like I feel like these are people who just need to like reassure themselves that like despite the evidence staring them in the face, that like we actually don't have any problems and this is a good place. 
and I hashtag back to normal, dude. Like it's yeah, it's all like hyper normalization, like the 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 human need to normalize everything mm-hmm. and to not and to not consider the consequences is so strong. Well, like, like I said, this is this is just the um, you know, this is the well, no, I forgot what I said. <laughs> Um, well you can this is just the this is just the cost of of you know this is the price of living in america it's like well you know these things happen no oh okay it's still a great we're still a great country um you know some of you may die but it's a price you know it's a cost i am willing to accept so yeah exactly no one ever says this after they are like personally involved in one of these events in some way. Well, That's just how look at any of these people's timelines and see how irate they've gotten at like a poor uh, service, you know, from, from like a service worker. Like, mm-hmm. they, that's what they reserve all their frustration for. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, got, we got Ben Shapiro here up next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do something. It's not a policy solution. (laughs) It is not an attempt at a policy solution. It saves zero lives. It is an attempt to cudgel your political opponent by suggesting insufficient empathy for those who are suffering. Uh, Yeah, so Ben Shapiro just basically telling everyone to please shut the fuck up about this. Um, You know, stop. Listen, stop suggesting we do something because it's not a policy solution. Um, (laughs) Really, what you're trying to do is shame everyone else. Um, and that's bad in this time, apparently. You're making me feel bad, man. Please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next we have, um, Anthony Bradley, PhD. Oh, America, no. America, the man in this photo can end school shootings. It's called a father. <laughs> a teen boys who have close, father. teen boys who have close, intimate, joyful relationships with their fathers oh. will likely never be a crime statistic. Good fathers are the most effective way of ending young male criminal deviance. I, I love this particular like genre. I'm so of mad guy. at this. <laughs> give me a second. Give me a second here because I have something to say uh, that I have to say it in a certain voice. Mm. Um, politely, Doctor Anthony B. Bradley, shut the fuck up. Thank you. I. J- it's just. It's just <laughs> remarkable. like like that it's so annoying because it's like they're hitting on something that's true like yeah it is a social problem right but not in the way the answer their answer is more patriarchy please (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. we've we've yes we've tried a lot of patriarchy but it's like concern trolling about all of this stuff you know yeah yeah but the, these are the same people, and I, and in this case, like literally the exact same person who complains about masculinity, you know, and like they're like, oh, you need to have a good relationship, a close, intimate relationship with your father, and then on the same hand are like saying, oh, men are too, you know, emotional or whatever, and it's like those are mutually incompatible. You're just too stupid to figure that out. <laughs> uh, uh. Next, we have a, a shot and a chaser. First, first from Tommy Laren. It's not about guns. It's about evil. The Democrats yeah. only want it to be about guns so they don't have to address the evil. And then right after that, Lauren Boebert, you cannot legislate away evil. <laughs> so that's great. We love, we love the internally consistent ideology of conservatives. So I also America like, is evil. Got it. 
We're more evil you, than everywhere else. Probably like, right. You, you cannot it. legislate away evil. It's like, okay, then what is the point of any legislation <laughs> at all? What is the point of your job, Lauren? What's the point of any law or any yeah. punishment for any crime? Like, well, literally, I mean, the point of laws is an attempt to legislate away evil, you know, to the, <laughs> to the maximum effectiveness. <laughs> like, if we can't legislate away evil, then, like, why are we doing any of this? We should just go, like, well, never mind. You know, go ahead and What I really hate about Lauren, Lauren Bobert is that her name's so ridiculous that you can't, Lauren you can't do anything. Like, yeah. just... Bobert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bobert. <laughs> it's sort of a name. Also, Igor Bobik. Her... Who is who the who is Igor yeah. Bobik? <laughs> well, just a reporter, but we have he's quoting Mansion here, Joe Manchin. Okay. It makes no sense why we can't do common sense things to p- try and prevent some of this from happening. It's just unbelievable how we got here as a society. Asked about eliminating the filibuster, he said, You would think there would be enough common sense. Well, there isn't, Joe, so hop to it. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't ever want to hear about Joe Manchin ever. Like, I wish I that don't, his stupid yacht would the only sink thing with him on. I want to hear about Joe Manchin is that he is no longer with us. That is yeah. the only thing, right? <laughs> in any, some form that's or interesting fashion, to me yeah. about that man in any way. Mm-hmm. Just, I'd like him to disappear off the face of the earth. You know, just yeah, like I, in I, the snap of the fingers. Yeah. It's a tough time right now for someone like me who, like, I love humanity. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people are inherently good, but mm. boy, are there some people I hate, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that many people, but boy, yeah. I hope they have a nice time. Yeah. And I just want to close with a plug for um, Liz Brunig's uh, article in The Atlantic entitled 78 Minutes. Um Ooh, says that's how long it. police say they left children locked in a classroom with a gunman as they repeatedly called 911 begging for help. This is like a perspective from a mother on this whole thing, um, you know, and trying to grapple with it uh, in the nation that we find ourselves in. So we, yeah. we, we stand we stand Brunigs around here. We're fans. Mm-hmm. No. uncancelable power couple there was also i believe albert bernico had a good <laughs> article in defector as well about this from like the perspective of a father you know and like you know <laughs> wondering if your kids are gonna come home from school on a given day and how utterly ridiculous it is it's so ridiculous that you've gotten sick of it like literally sick of it I'm coughing. You're literally allergic um, to the state of the country. <coughs> it's the dust. It's uh, if you heard any sounds of um mm. of marijuana being <coughs> consumed. It, yeah. <coughs> it was the dust. Sorry, I'm still I'm still new at this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All right. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um oh, uh, next uh eh. <coughs> When the <coughs> sorry, when the cartridge sometimes pear tree, it, it gets um yeah, it gets a little <laughs> something about trees. It 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 sometimes it gets a little stuck, and you take like a big <coughs> a big breath, <coughs> and um, you get a lot more than you bargained for. <coughs> so. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, that mm. Aaron is a professional at this. You are watching a master at work. <laughs> we got him. <coughs> Man. Uh, okay. Um, All right.
I, I know it's sort of a, a, a abrupt tone shift, but I want to move on from the <laughs> well, horrible tragedy. I, we I want nothing more. I'm so tired yeah. of that. Um, have you heard about Bolt Financial? I have not. Okay, Is it so for the Chevrolet uh, vehicle? No, no. It's okay. um, it's to do with cryptocurrency or whatever. Some sort of fintech oh, okay. startup. Um, you know, okay. whatever. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Not not necessarily crypto, but this is like a company that makes like checkout solutions for e-commerce. The sort of thing gotcha. that we have a lot of already. Um, but yeah, there's like more. a million companies doing that. Yeah, although apparently we didn't need this one um, because what happened is they laid off uh, one third of their workforce last week, uh, oh. just months after okay. raising $355 million in VC funding at an $11 billion valuation. Um now this has it's ramic- almost like this stuff is untethered from reality. Like it's a bunch of BS. yeah. Um, we're watching the tech crash that was predicted to come. It is coming now. Um, I mean, read the books, read the manuals. It's bound to happen. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is how it goes. Yeah, now more than ever. Um, <coughs> so so yeah. So they laid off a third of their employees, but this has ramifications beyond this because apparently, <laughs> um, last year or earlier this year in February, they did something. Uh, which their CEO claims is radical. They rolled out the most employee-friendly stock auction program possible. Um, and basically what what they <clears> did <throat> um, <throat> is uh, they provided loans to their employees. <laughs> um, uh, Bolt offered loans to employees who wanted to buy vested shares. Um and uh, here in Axios, it says, we also noted while the goal was laudable and that it could help employees lower future tax bills, the loan structure could also put employees in hawk to their employer. Um, yeah, this is now, like company store shit, man. Yeah, and now we know uh, Bolt's loans were 51% recourse, meaning they were collateral- collateralized by the employee's personal assets, while 49% were secured by the shares. Um, any loans covering taxes were 100% recourse. So if you got laid off and you happen to have one of these loans, uh, you now have to pay both back for firing you, basically. <laughs> um, now, Bolt, for their part, has said only a single-digit number of laid-off employees um, you know, are in this situation and that the company plans to, quote, work with those individuals, which I assume means sending it's them a bill. It's just a small, it's a small percentage, Andrew. When overall, all the other Bolt employees are fine. Yeah. It's um, important to remember. Interestingly, uh, the CEO um, has has not really uh, tweeted at all since this, uh, you know, these layoffs have hit and this <laughs> has sort of come to light. So, um, but it turns out um, that this, he did a big old tweet thread about the most employee-friendly stock auction program possible, um, and it turns out uh, it simply wasn't. So you know, great on that. Or <coughs> it's just an, so. another another line in uh, another example of uh, everything is a scam. You know, this is unfortunately culture at work. They have a they have a website called uh, conscious dot org. Conscious culture. Um, <laughs> I would, yeah, which they run. It's Bolt Financial, bringing bridging humanity with execution in the workplace. Um, I love I would to suggest, be executed in the workplace. <laughs> I, I would suggest taking uh, this website down, folks. <laughs> I would just delete it and say, "Whoopsie." Yeah, just delete, uh, we, just delete that whole directory. Yeah, we really screwed up that one. So yeah. that's Bolt Financial. Um, I don't know if I, 
I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but um, several weeks ago, at the beginning of May, um, here in Columbus, a Tesla slammed into our convention center at 70 it's miles per hour. It's hard to keep hour. track of the number of Teslas doing things like this. Yeah. Um, so this one, yeah, just, just slammed right into the entrance of our convention center at 70 miles per hour. Fortunately, it hit a column preventing <laughs> it from like going further into the lobby. And I don't think there was anything going on at the particular time that it, it uh, um, you know, there wasn't like a big convention happening. So there, there weren't a whole lot of people in yeah. danger. Um, but the question is like, what the heck happened? And the answer from uh, Columbus Police Department is we don't know and we don't plan to find out. Excuse me? The spokesperson for the Columbus Police Department said they had no additional information beyond the crash report and no investigation is taking place. Um, A spokesperson for the National Transportation Safety Board said that they made additional inquiries about the circumstances of the crash, but never said we were investigating. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration um, ostensibly has an investigative team, but rarely conducts any such investigations and did not send a team to investigate the crash. Well, what we um, really need to look into is why was that building there in the first place? I mean, yeah, well, I can. Why are we that, building cities <laughs> that don't work for Teslas? You know, I have beef really with the Greater Columbus Convention Center because it was built on the uh, site that used to be Columbus Union Station, the railroad station. Um, mm-hmm. but I suspect the Tesla did, did not have beef with the, the <laughs> for the same reason. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is an article in vice. That's like, um, you know, we don't really know what's going on here. The official report doesn't really say the accident report, which motherboard obtained from Columbus police claims the driver claimed that he had lost control of his p- brakes on state route 315 <clears> and exited <throat> onto Neil, Neil <laughs> Avenue. He looked like he was accelerating it. <laughs> he told the police the car stayed at a seven, steady speed of 70 miles per hour before crashing at the convention center. Now, I'm familiar with this area uh, yeah. quite intimately. And to say that you lost control of your brakes on 315 and then took the exit onto Neal Avenue and then traveled <laughs> something like 10 blocks down a narrow one-way street going 70 miles per hour and did not manage to hit anything until you T-boned the building is not plausible to me yeah also it's a tesla like it's a tesla so it is plausible that the brakes could fail but teslas have two braking systems they have the conventional brakes and then they have regenerative brakes you can make the vehicle slow down if you want to it's not difficult so and and you it's and and the person's claiming they had plenty of time to figure that out 10 blocks yeah um, the like. <laughs> driver was not tested for drug or alcohol impairment and was cited for failure to control the vehicle, punishable by a fine up to $150. So they crashed through a massive glass entrance, and for that, they have to pay $150. Who is this fine. person? Who are they related to? I don't know. <laughs> it's a good somebody, question. Somebody is somebody's cousin or nephew or yeah. something here like that's that's what i figure yeah that's how I mean, it is in many such cases you know what i mean like yeah there's got to be something going on here you the, know? the the two things to remember is everything's a scam and then whenever you see something that seems scammy you ask all right who are the cousins who are the nephews all right, right. let's line them up yeah. <laughs> like get get me my red twine darling mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna figure this shit out yeah yeah that's that's in, that's just like unbelievable yeah. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's sort of surprising that they're just like, well, you know. I do we, feel like we're, we're going to see more of this, though. <clears throat> oh, I sure. think everyone's just given up. Like, uh, like 
like who's gonna be on this who's gonna who has the mental bandwidth to be the the warrior that's gonna see this story through it's I, like, I worry that the answer like, to oh, that like oh well case, nevertheless i worry that the answer to that in this particular case is like me like i would have to be the one like harassing the police department being like you know What's the deal with this? Are you going to look into this? Like, this is the thing is these days with especially with local government, the only way anything gets done is because like one person decides to be extremely stubborn and bothers everyone until it gets done. Yeah. You know, and that's not really a way to administrate <laughs> a municipality yeah. or a state. Um, but here we are, uh, because no one who's elected actually wants to do anything. They just think it's a great way to do minimal work and, and grift a decent paycheck. I'm honestly thinking that my new electoral strategy is that I'm only going to vote for autists. Like, yes. you have to be, you have to be on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. You gotta be And I ASD don't know that we should like require to be that to be country. listed on the ballot, but I'm happy for people to self-identify as such. Yeah. You know? If you if if you if you are uh, you get my vote pretty much. Well, unless you're one of those Nazi ASD people. You know what I mean? There's like right. pretty much you're guaranteed my vote because I know you'll actually like try to do stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like you're yeah. probably trying to get there because you care about doing something. And you're likely not <laughs> you're not likely not chasing clout or like a higher position right. necessarily, right? Like like right. if if an autist like for me, frankly, like if I got elected to the Columbus City Council, it's mm -hmm. because I like particularly want to overhaul this city's ridiculous mass transit situation. Yeah. And then like once that's done, I would probably be like, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> you know right so. yeah you're 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 a very you know what it fits that you're a cincinnatus type character mm, when we think mm -hmm. about it well, i did <laughs> i did you. grow up in cincinnati so there you go you're our cincinnatus baby just hand um, me the bundle of sticks with the axe in the middle and i'll do my thing and then i'll you know like i don't want to do it forever that sounds exhausting but i do want to sort it all out you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I've I've talked about this with my coworkers because when you work in in IT, if that the same kind of people with that same mindset of like being obsessed about problem solving and like fixing things, mm -hmm. it, it sort of filters for that mindset. And <clears throat> and it's funny because we're all constantly having to remind ourselves like normal people don't think like this. Normal people don't kind of care. Like normal people don't obsess over this stuff. Like you've got to right. find a way to communicate it to normal people. But it's just like the same thing. It's like, oh, there's so much that goes into it that's like emotional and <clears throat> all this other layer of abstractions. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot I do like that we portray like Cincinnatus as like a, you know, he's sort of like a, a heroic figure, you know, yeah. of like civic virtue or whatever. Really, I feel like what we should portray him as is like a guy who was just absolutely sick of this shit and was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to listen. <laughs> i'm gonna sort this out and then i'm yeah. done okay and like don't fuck it up anymore like <clears throat> he's seriously. like the guy in the movies that's like just when i thought i was done yeah <laughs> it's like listen i didn't want to have to do any of this but all of you all are so incompetent that i guess i'm gonna have to step up here and figure this out so <laughs> <laughs> it sucks when people who aren't like that think they are like I alone can fix it type people. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like the, the, the yang to that yin or vice versa. I'm not sure which, which it would be, but mm-hmm. <laughs> see my feeling on this is man. like, my feeling on this is not that like I alone can fix it, but it's like, I guess no one else who can wants to. So, yeah. you know, all right, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's the vibe. That's the vibe we want to look for. Yeah. Those are the only kind of people I'm voting for. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this I is a make good a difference. One. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What's up? This next? is a good one. This is a tweet from a um, former uh, uh, founder uh, of an app that was acquired by Facebook and then worked at Facebook. Um, they say GDPR and Apple's app tracking transparency have decimated more small business jobs than any policy change in the last decade, all in an attempt to inflict pain on Facebook by a handful of privacy absolutists in Cupertino and Brussels. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. <laughs> it, it's, it's, Sounds good. So they're basically saying that because, <clears throat> because they can't track you with like ads or whatever anymore, um, that's killing small businesses. So, um, cool, <clears throat> I guess. <laughs> Have I told you that I'm starting, I, I'm starting to really believe that Mark Zuckerberg is like a secret crypto fascist and that him and Peter well, Thiel likely. have some sort of scheme. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's my determination. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. You I would can't say if, people. if your sucks. small business depends upon you, like uh, heavily tracking people to target them, like uh, that's not a good business plan or strategy. Yeah. And this is yeah. proving that because it turns yeah. out that we don't want to say see that you know it turns out we all sorry, hate that. sorry nikita that's just the free market baby yeah you you got your feedback now do something not sucky mm-hmm. how about that have you ever hey hey nikita you ever thought about doing something not sucky you ever thought about that like so, something people just want huh yeah you ever thought about that maybe hmm. Hmm. i don't know hmm. just an idea i'm just an ideas guy yeah you know i'm i'm stupid if you understand this you know <laughs> Yeah. We anyway. decided we were going to change the world, and we did. <clears throat> now we get to um, our returning uh, vertical uh, this week called Definitely Pal, mm-hmm. where we nice. uh, go, go over some of the latest hot takes. And you've typically, I've been <clears throat> curating this section, yeah. but you have added. I, I love that you're getting into it. We've got some Aaron <laughs> selections. Few, I'm getting into the spirit of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> getting into the spirit of the for sure man. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that really did a number on me. I'm gonna drink some more liquid here. Mm. This comes from Nick Adams. Um, at Nick Adams in USA. Yeah, just so I should you're know, this this guy is an Australian who has uh, is now a naturalized American citizen, and he's so. President Trump's favorite author, according to his banner on Twitter.com. Yeah, just so you know, um, best-selling author endorsed by President Trump. So, yeah, cool guy. He said, uh, <clears throat> "Anyone who disrespects the national anthem should be required to spend 14 days in Cuba." And I want to say, I endorse this plan. Yeah, that that sounds great. Actually, send, I'd love a vacation. Me Please send on me a to two Cuba. Week vacation to Cuba. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it's not a punishment. What is going to drink like a delicious lime beverages? Yeah, smoke some cigars. They're they're not like super deprived in Cuba, despite what all these people seem to think. <laughs> <laughs> and and anything bad there is, ba- you know, like. <clears throat> 
any of the deprivation is just the result of, you know, the the American, Western world yeah, American policies. policies Trade embargo. Screwing with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they continue to go on. They they keep they keep going. Anyhow, I want to officially endorse Nick Adams' position here, and I think it should be put into law. Yeah. And just I want everybody to let me know Cuff when me. it is so I can get my <laughs> national anthem disrespecting on. So we're going we're going to Cuba, baby. I just this want to guy, note here before we go on yeah. that um I'm looking uh I'm on the Twitter app and so it has who to follow. Um <laughs> and one of the apps or one of the people that it has to follow is Randy Quaid, um, the actor. <laughs> And his bio says, Hollywood actor, born Texan, filmmaker, artist, husband to blah, blah, blah. We have the best furry son in the world. And it took me a moment to realize they're referring to uh, a dog. Their their dog. (laughs) And not just a a human son who is a furry. Like, wow, okay. That's surprising coming from Randy Quaid. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's, you know, we stand an ally. But no, never mind. Anyway, Uh, please go on. This is... an interesting take that I've seen going around about um, the the shooting in Texas. This is from Dash Dabrowski. Okay. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky, who is in the midst of a bloody war with Russia, has expressed more empathy for the Texas school shooting victims than Texas' own Greg Abbott, Ted Cruz, John Cornyn, Dan Crenshaw, and Ken Paxton. Aren't you fed up with these Republicans? <laughs> This is like, the, this could be an Occupy Democrats tweet. <laughs> like the people who still believe that you can uh, guilt Republicans <laughs> yeah. into changing their allegiances. Just, it's so gormless. You're so just facile and blind. And you're just like a withering, dried up worm screaming, ah, misunderstanding like what's happening to you. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so pathetic. Yeah. yeah yeah daddy to Zelensky. yeah cool like oh my gosh these people yeah, all right great thank you <laughs> next up we get one from uh you know returning returning champion tim pool yeah. uh at, at tim cast mm-hmm. carl marx said under no pretext should workers surrender their arms and ammunition the true leftist position on guns would be an armed workforce and the government providing guns to the people yeah okay. totally <laughs> totally he's like taking the originalist template that like conservatives use to 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 view the constitution and whatever and uh applying it to Karl marx is very funny to me it's funny because tim pool is absolutely not a theory guy but no. it's, it's it's goofy when he tries to you know it's like tim don't pretend like we all know you're not fooling anyone what no. I think is funny is all the comments of the people being like, whoa, just wait until they realize this. Better find the quote directly or they won't believe you. Just like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, you really owned me that a guy who lived in the 1800s, uh, you know. It's. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my one of my favorite. Um, this takes a little bit of explaining, but one of the favorite pieces of like cartoon or like that sort of like critique, you know, I've seen was um i I saw it when i was on my mission as a mormon missionary and it was a cartoon of a guy going up to a mormon missionary and he said hi i'm a i'm an anti-mormon missionary let me tell you what you believe would you like to know what you believe and it's like um 
it, it's it's like that i mean in in that instance whatever but like <laughs> i think about that idea of people like hey let me tell you what you believe like people who come from outside of a group <laughs> pretending to be experts and they're so they're so smarmy and so self-assured that they don't realize that like you actually don't know what you're talking about Mm-hmm. So it's like the same thing when like atheist, like radical new atheist types try to like clown on religious people. And it's just like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's you like, do- oh, yeah, you clearly did not. Um, uh, do you, you know, know how many times church. it says ass in the Bible? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same thing like Tim Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about Marxism, Tim. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear your perspective on it. Mm hmm. Uh, you found a really good one here. <clears throat> that might be true. Yeah. This so episode the, <laughs> might be evidence of it. The original tweet is from the account Elon Musk Groiper, which, you know, already starting off strong. Um, <laughs> I am really concerned about the extent marijuana is being normalized. It's a drug almost designed to make people resign from their lives and turn you into a packing mule. And then, uh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, another, uh, someone whose bio has anti leftist Marxist. <laughs> in it. Um, uh, quote tweets and says marijuana is a drug of despair it is too late for worry it is already normalized in the coarse culture western society has surrendered to hebitude this state of passivity is useful to our rulers millennials for example are a crackhead generation dreamers dazed by snoop dog so yeah <laughs> marijuana drug of despair and not just the drug of like having a chill hang <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh man, yeah. Well, but do you have any proposals to fix the the uh, material circumstances, or is it just like no, of course, complaining not. about people who do stuff you don't like? Yeah, because I'd like to hear that, but actually not from anybody with that profile picture. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. Next, f- we have Doctor Has Doctor Haas. Haas. Yeah. Who? Um. I checked into them a little bit they uh um it says uh here on their website marxism leninism in the age of multipolarity in the post-covid world they have a youtube um which includes um my bad has a video here entitled stalin what they don't teach you in school and the thumbnail says the democratic legacy of stalin um okay so this guy is a a tanky uh frankly um, and he did a whole uh, uh, tweet thread because he tweeted, uh, fuck union organizing. Um, and he said, one of the key proof of the ineffectiveness of union organizing is the fact that leftists get so outraged when you tweet, fuck union organizing. Why does no one get upset when you say, fuck Antarctica or something? Because they know Antarctica isn't dependent on slogans. Antarctica isn't. I'm always saying that, Andrew. Antarctica isn't dependent on slogans. Yeah. Um, and then he just goes down the rabbit hole of like the obtuse, like tanky, uh, language about, you know, building a party and whatnot. Um, it's, I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) It's very weird. It's just one of these things where once again, it's like people who people have a lot of opinions about those who are doing shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So like. We all have opinions about ALU and union organizing and uh, all that, but it's like, <clears throat> but what are you doing, my guy? Like, what, 
what are you what are you contributing other than criticism? I mean, like criticism's valid, but you can't you can't run a revolution on criticism alone. Like it's just not how it works. So like, what are you bringing to the table? And you know, like I, it's why like I will say like you know electoralism is dead. It's 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 dumb. But like I'm not gonna like tell tell friends who are like canvassing like you're a dumb idiot. Like, this guy stop appears to be like, trying to do like a tanky version of Hassan in that he's like doing Twitch streams, but he's trying to do them, you know, about but he's not a, stuff. but he's not a himbo. So well, yeah, well, kind work. of, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What does he look so. like? Let me look up Dr. Haas. Let me Dr. Haas. Haas dental. Hmm. Okay, I found I found Doctor Haas Dental, Doctor Faye Haas Hazradi. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, everything's just all dental. I mean, I'm just getting Haas Dental hmm. everywhere. Is he from the Haas Dental Dynasty? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Inferred.gg. Marxism in the age of multipolarity, post-COVID world. Why do all these people's websites look like we're we're in Command and Conquer? Why? Why? This is terrible. <laughs> I don't see a picture of him. See, that's the thing, Hassan. When you when you want to see Hassan, he's like, look at my beautiful face. Yeah, I'm just this looking here, and it looks like um, this guy's Discord got banned. So <laughs> it's Discord server. <laughs> Yeah, this is this this is weak. You are weak. Yeah. Anyway, don't come for the don't come for the Turk unless you can win. You know what I mean. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of uh, coming for the Turk, uh, mm. <laughs> Dan, have you heard about Dan the Physiognomy Man? I have not. Um, <laughs> I I, uh, I I assumed that physiognomy was like a made up like joke word uh-huh it's a real word to me it seems it's a like a joke word a person's facial features or expression especially when regarded as indicative of character or ethnic origins so it's basically like what's the head bump thing um phrenology it's it's phrenology for the face oh okay all right but it's like tied to race science oh of course so so um you're on the right track here man like mm-hmm. this is something that's really funny to me as somebody who took who was like interested in um anthropology and took like a bunch of anthropology courses uh you learned that like yeah human skeletons do have differences you know related to genotype and phen- like like these like human human bodies do differ you know, mm-hmm. along certain lines that we map race onto in some ways, but um, it's way more complicated than anything these bozos would have you mm-hmm. believe, and and uh, it's not very deterministic of anything. So, yeah. but this guy basically, I'm really pissed off because I was just digging through his feed and grabbing links, and mm-hmm. then all the links died, and I was like, fuck. So he 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 locked his account because I think he was in the process of becoming the main character of Twitter today. Mm. Um, so I thankfully had some of them cached, and so I was able to grab screenshots. So I'm sorry that there's no links. I I posted a link to his profile for if and when he opens it back up again. 
but I just want you to behold the first thing. So he basically just goes through pictures of people and talks about about them in the most deranged and sick way, but just cracks me up. So he's got one for Jordan Peterson. Do you want to read what he said? He posts a picture of Jordan Peterson. Why don't you read yeah, uh, says, what he says here, Andrew? Priest archetype. Lots of debate <laughs> about his MBTI. Some say ENTP, others INFJ, others ENFJ. Sky high <laughs> knee function, nigh function? And I I don't even N-I. know what that is. I actually think he's an enlightened INTJ. Fane's extroversion, he needs solitude. Conscientious, disagreeable, neurotic, and moderate on openness to new experience. Did he own Jordan Peterson in that? I'm not <laughs> no, entirely because clear. I didn't I didn't get the rest of it, but he goes on to say that Jordan Peterson will be looked upon like a, a great philosopher king and that I just his face say, will be an archetype. His his face will be an archetype for the art of like philosopher genius people. It will not. Um, it will not. <laughs> um, this tweet is from two days ago, but this picture of Jordan Peterson is like several years old. Yeah, he don't um, be looking like that no more. He does not look like that anymore. He looks, <laughs> he looks a lot worse than that, I'm afraid to he say. He looks very pallid and sallow, and and his face yeah. is somehow dripping off of itself. Yeah. Um, it's very bad. Uh, I, I, I adjure you to look up current pictures of Jordan Peterson. Sort of the an next opposite one here, portrait of Dorian Gray situation happening with that guy. <laughs> the, the, the opposite here, or sorry, the, the next thing here is he, he went on a little journey about Jesus Christ. I don't know if okay. you've heard of that guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Inshallah. <laughs> he, he, and, and going about artistic depictions of Jesus. And I think these two tweets in his thread, this is the end of his thread. This is how he closed it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a picture of the Christ, which is a statue by, uh, Thorvaldson that's, that's, uh, famous uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uses it all over. So mm-hmm. you've probably seen mm-hmm. the picture, uh, the Christ by Thorvaldson has received criticism for creating a Nordic Jesus, but it accurately portrays his features. Then he I, follows that up. It, <laughs> what? Did, I don't think we know what, how do we, how can you say <laughs> how, it's accurate? How, we don't Dan, know. Dan, how old are you? <laughs> Dan, how could you possibly know that? Bizarre. Because he's an expert on physiognomy. Yeah. Sorry, my chair. Ah, chair sliding says, back. In um, the end, Jesus probably looked something along these lines. I already knew that. You already knew that too. It's okay. Jesus was a Jew. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I think uh, you just uh, uh, no, like, yeah. buddy. Uh, so the way he says that make, tells you a lot, probably, about what he thinks about uh, the Jewish. people. Yeah, these are the people who think that uh, Jesus basically looked like a white guy does today. It's like, um, probably <laughs> the, not. The, the, the very <laughs> last tweet in this thread was, but if you want a picture, we have Jared Leto. So uh, Jesus looked like Jared Leto. Who, we all know that Jared. We all know that Jesus looks like Ewan McGregor. It's not that difficult, <laughs> you know. It's, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, and then the last. This is his magnum opus, mm. and that's from three days ago. But it just started surfacing hmm. today, and mm-hmm. it is a thread that he's titled "The Physiognomy of Mormons" or. Why are Mormon girls so hot? A story of genetics, lifestyle, and influencers. 
<laughs> yeah, he needs. And he is attached here uh, a photo of two of the most basic looking white women, you know, that who, I've seen. Who I would like Jeep. to point out are likely it, they're not a good representation of Mormons because they're not dressed modestly. They're so, not dressed modestly. Yeah. Also, I don't know how much uh, Mormon women dye their hair. Especially blonde, um, but yeah, probably a lot, actually. To be quite okay. honest with you, yes. Yeah, the white supremacy. This, this is very selective, you know, uh, image uh, selection. <clears throat> I, I here, will begin so. this thread by pointing out I haven't read all of this. I've just sort of scanned it, but like, um, the majority of Mormons are not in the United States. So let's just oh, point that out. Hmm. There's hmm. the I, the probably the highest density of of. Or, or like the biggest numbers of church members are in like Latin America and like South America, like Mexico, mm-hmm. Central America, South America, a lot in Africa. And, 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 um, you know, not all of them are white. <laughs> no, certainly not. In fact, most of them are not. So, um, <clears throat> that's something to remember as you go through this thread of this, uh, mis- the science. I mean, he's a scientist. You can tell, right. And the way mm-hmm. he says things and the, the way he has those red eyes in his profile picture. Um, the, my recent poll indicated that Utah Mormons, those really, really happy, really white-looking people <clears throat> that may have annoyed you at some point, have a better-looking physiognomy than any other notably attractive ethnic group. What mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> good writing. Great. You can eliminate one letter. How no. many times did this... <laughs> um, yeah, really cool. So then... People go to Utah and surrounding areas notice how everyone looks suspiciously happy. Is that something in the water? What's this swig and so delicious? And where are all the Starbucks? Why does everyone have a Stepford Wives or vaguely 1950s vibe? What's going on? Hmm. Um, he's just describing the reason I hate going to Utah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so can't really disagree with him, but it's weird that you like that vibe, but okay. Again, cool. another photo of probably not Mormon women because they're dressed immodestly. I mean, maybe they're at the beach or whatever. I mean, here's the okay. Here's the thing that you need to know: if you are upper class Mormon, then you don't have to be modest. It's go, it's okay. Oh. You're famous. You're doing the mm. Lord's work. It's not mm-hmm. you know nobody's going to question you about. And and if you're skinny, if you ah, okay, are yeah, fat, sure. if you have boob, mm-hmm. if you have butt, yeah, and if you are brown. Not. So boob butt brown, it's an, you got to be modest because you're mm-hmm. you're tempting men, um, right? Of course. But if you're just a basic basic white lady, you're good to go, and you and you make more than X number. Uh, he continues. Multi generational LDS people are a distinct ethnic group and have been for uh, some time. Immigrants mm-hmm. came over from the Manchester, Liverpool, Liverpool, Preston area of England, and more came over from Denmark. There's a small splattering of Welsh, Scottish, and Swiss as well. So he's what like. Did, hmm. <laughs> what? Ph- huh? <laughs> phenotypically, LDS are very different from Irish, Italians, and Polish. Uh, on the east coast and the midwest they stand out quite a bit they have a certain look about them that anyone would recognize the same way you can tell someone is korean from their looks alone no you no they don't can you buddy can you buddy no although he links been, something from tufts it, it's been scientifically validated andrew people can tell if someone looks mormon no nope 
No. I wonder I if they could so. just telling that they're white and if the sample yeah. group of mormons they picked were white people who are upper right. middle class i wonder if that's what it was um yeah like yeah. white people who are who are uh overdressed in whatever context they're in it's distinct yeah. enough that dna service companies can tell you if you have pioneer mormon pioneer ancestry yes the mormon pioneer physiognomy is distinct of that of small european country so like uh, it probably has nothing to do with the fact that the companies that do this are are uh, LDS, right? Right. Um, yeah. That they're Mormons and that they have a vested interest in tracking Mormon genealogy for religious reasons. That probably mm. has nothing to do with it. It's probably genetics and science. Mm -hmm. um, this new look is largely marrying of the Celtic Nordic, nor no, sorry, Celtic Nordid phenotype of northern england with the hallstatt phenotype of southern scandinavia lds polynesians <laughs> LDS, lds polynesians and hispanics are out of the scope of this thread as they haven't dramatically altered this celtic hall stock stock yet <laughs> okay it's like these people talk about it like they like these are like chicken breeders talking yeah. about human beings but like none of these words are in the bible none of this is no. real yeah. the hallstatt phenotype get out of here this is this crap? is vile to me the celtic norded phenotype yeah like, this is preposterous it looks very regal just look at mitt romney's family <laughs> there are ten thousands of lds people descended from an 18th century lancashire based family with strikingly similar features Okay. Uh, yeah, that's called inbreeding, my guy. That's called polygamy. That's called one guy <laughs> yeah. having 400 kids. Um, that probably affects it more than anything else. Most of the early LDS people trace their genetics back to a few different 16th, 17th century families that were interrelated. Even though many of them left to Utah in rags in the 19th century, most of them were, in fact, blue-blooded. <laughs> okay. Mm. That's one reason, but far from being the most important, why we love genealogy. Oh, why we? He's Mormon. <gasps> I'm I'm reading ahead. This and, is not surprising. Uh, my 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 um belief that the Mormon Church is going to be uh or is and is going to be even more of a vehicle for American national fascism is uh only being uh held up here. So this is great. Sorry, what were you going to say? I'm just saying I'm reading ahead here, and I don't like that this is becoming hornier it as gets I'm scrolling. So horny. He talks about like lifestyle factors. Yeah. Environmental factors. Mm -hmm. um, another aspect is that women who have kids don't get old too soon. What, huh? Don't get old too soon. Uh, what is I, that? I think everyone. What does that mean? <laughs> Dan. ages at the rate of one year per year I'm, I'm pretty sure that time is moving at a consistent rate for people but i don't know yeah maybe he knows something i don't that's how we got those red eyes for every month you are pregnant is a month you don't age i don't know excuse me <laughs> I don't how think is this accurate. true if fertility goes down as you get older dan explain this to me mm-hmm if you just keep being pregnant, you'll never age, and then you can keep having children forever. Oh, and Mormons are possibly the most sanguine, brackets, fun-loving people on the planet. A lot of them love being silly. Um, 
I don't. Is, is that what sanguine means? I don't. I don't think of that as being what sanguine. This means, dude. But. This dude is using every part of his thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> he he knows that he he's got it. Uh, the prototypical Mormon male looks like Tyler Hawes. Now I will say, there's this is you walk into a Mormon church on Sunday, and like half the dudes are gonna look like this guy. But again, I would say that it is more to do with um polygamy and white supremacy than is anything else. Mm-hmm. And class, I guess. Even if you left the church and joined a drug cartel and got a hundred tattoos, it'd still look Mormon. I like to see that for Tyler. Tyler, let's see. Let's prove this. The prototypical Mormon female. <laughs> anytime I see female, I read it in a in a um Ferengi voice. The prototypical Mormon female <laughs> looks like Monica Moore Smith. If a girl looks like this, even if she got drunk and decided to start in OnlyFans, she'd still look Mormon. <laughs> These are just blonde people. This is all he's, yeah. These he's are, discovered blonde people. This is like nut picking, but for the most attractive, you know. <laughs> now the last one really group. is what got me. Yeah. This is the best because now he's pissing all over me. Okay, now, not every Mormon is good looking. Fuck. There is a strong <laughs> contingent of the Mormon nerd look. This is all capitalized. The Mormon nerd look. Yeah. It has made a significant contribution to science fiction and fantasy writing. Take a look at Stephanie Meyer, Orson Scott Card, Brandon Sanderson, and Brandon Mull. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. And it's a picture of Orson Scott Card. A homophobic like, and terrible like, person. Like Orson Scott Card. Did yeah. I ever tell you that even my mom dated? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, more more on that in the future, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, so that's uh I just got clowned on by by physiognomy Dan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know what? I deserve it, I think. Mm-hmm. This is the price of consciousness, Andrew. Physiognomy. It's not real and it never has been. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, we should probably end this episode because I gotta go do you some physiognomy. Oh, okay, great. My yeah. my physiognomy cue is just so full this week. I don't know if yours is, but looking at faces and <laughs> go be looking judgments. at Yeah, looking at pictures of people's faces and determining if they're white or not. They're phenotypes um, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, looking for the Halstead. What? what, what I'm yeah, I don't know the Dunning Kruger. <laughs> the, the Dunning Kruger face. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyhow, this this is all to say this is preposterous to me. Phenotypes, things of that nature. Adios, adios, mofos. <laughs> all right. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing